this is that other sports shit. Let's go. gentlemen we are back and i gotta tell you where i'm sitting right now it's a spectacular view i Mm. feel very inspired my friend uh, jay just used that word i'm going to use it i do feel very inspired it's been a very trying last couple weeks for myself it's so great to be back in the quote-unquote studio and doing this thing for you guys and uh, alongside my my good friend jay we have what seems like a lot of mixed martial arts type stuff, a lot of combat sports to kind of cover. So with that being said, uh, uh, we will get to that, obviously. We have the NBA Finals. Uh, well, at least one participant ready. Uh, and one team that, uh, uh, you know, the team that made it, we, I honestly didn't see it happen. I didn't see it coming like this. And so Jay and I will discuss the, the rise of the Phoenix Suns down there in the valley and then of course we got uh the the bucks and the hawks on the other end both teams dealing with a bunch of injuries and jay and i have spoke about that already plenty of times so injuries 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 but still somehow an exciting series to watch i I can't wait to see the how the series is going to end it's going to be great uh the um i'm sure that we'll pick apart some other things we'll throw in some pro wrestling references we'll uh We'll, we'll kick you with a little personal reference here and there. So, folks, without further ado, let's move on with the show and introduce you to my man, Mr. Jay Valdez. Hey, that what's up, y'all? Good morning. We are doing the 6 a.m. Jess, I believe it's is it 7 a.m. where you are or 8 a.m. where you are? It's 6. It's 6. All right. Okay. I thought you were an hour ahead of me. I forget sometimes. So, uh, we're doing the early show. Uh, Jess can see the sunrise where he is at. I can see the sunrise where I am at. I am in the usual position per se. I'm in my daughter's room doing the show. I like to do the show from here because there's a computer and I can look at the computer and reference things and I feel like a more of a professional. However, we have moved. We are one week into our new home and there is no computer set up. I've set up nothing in my children's room. I am surrounded by boxes. I am surrounded. Uh, there's a TV right here, but it's not plugged in. There's no desk. I am currently sitting in, uh, you know, like those soccer chairs that you can buy at Walmart for like six bucks. Uh, you got a lot of background noise now, Jess. Now yeah. you're going to the store. Now you're buying a fucking uh, blueberry muffin. I'm getting the um, muffin. God, I'm so hungry right now, too. I got a G Zero right here. Um, so this is the time of day, uh, where now you threw me off with that. I have a chair. I'm sitting in a fucking folding chair. There is nothing in my kid's room right now. It is literally empty. We have not bought beds yet. My kids are in Mexico. So there's no reason for me to even buy beds yet. So I'm sitting again, empty room surrounded by boxes. Uh, I don't have anything to reference other than my phone today. So we are working uh, a little bit differently. So let's see how this one goes. You know what? Some of this might get edited. I'm just not even going to lie. Throw uh, it all we're, in. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. Let's throw it all in. Hey, uh, let's start here. 
the Naganu thing. So Naganu, there's an interim title fight. Naganu was the champion. There was a whole thing with Stipe. He won the belt. I saw him win the belt. He won the belt like, what, five or six months ago. And now there's already an interim heavyweight championship and he's not involved in it. This is all going to circle around the same drain, Jess, and it's going to be money, right? This all comes down to money. I don't believe this is a, a Naganu just isn't agreeing to fight on a certain time or a certain date. I just think Naganu is now asking for a little bit more coin, and this is a quick way to kind of put a freeze on that shit. Um, give me your initial thoughts on there's a heavyweight interim title fight. Naganu's not in it, but he's also not injured. What's well, a weird dynamic? Francis Naganu is. We all thought that he was supposed to be crowned like the next great heavyweight uh, champion. I think more and, UFC uh, star. Yeah, at least UFC star. At the very least. But I always saw him as a little bit more. He always had that. He had good charm, good charisma, knockout power for days. Uh, we all remember what he did to Alistair Overeem. Uh, I mean,. The guy had everything going, and then he goes into this battle with Stipe, which he already lost to Stipe once. Goes into again and absolutely destroys him. Um, and so what? We're three, maybe three to somewhere between three to five months removed from that title. Let's fight. say four. Okay, we'll say four for the sake of just hitting things in the middle. He's mm. he's in the title fight, or three four months removed from the title fight. And now, uh, because of whatever reason, and honestly, I've not really kept up on the entire story. Yeah. But apparently, Francis has been out of country a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that has been a cause of, uh, of uh, some distress to Dana White and, and the, the USC team. Um, but you're, you're four months from being crowned heavyweight champion. You've gone and done all these promos for the UFC. You've gone and cut all these commercials. You've gone and done the interviews. You've done the, the autograph sesh. And now Dana White pops this into your lap almost without you even knowing, hey, guess what? Surreal Gain, by the way, is now going to fight Derek Lewis. Mm. My balls are hot. Yes. For the interim championship and wait till you get back from whatever it is you're doing on your world tour. Well, to me, this makes no sense because if he's on a world tour of any kind, wouldn't it be be because Dana White and the UFC sent him? Yeah, he's promoting the product. I'm absolutely shocked by this. So, I I mean, again, I, I now you're in your car, so it's going to be difficult for us to pull up articles to get the full facts. So we're kind of just going off some bullshit and the half-ass stuff that we know. We're going off of MMA Twitter facts, which always works well for for people, right? So I believe, like you said, he went out of the country. I don't know if they tried to speed up the process and go, hey, listen, we wanted you to fight in, I don't know, uh, September, and now we want you to fight in August. I don't know how it works. But as you mentioned, if he's out in his own country and he's promoting the sport, promoting the product, promoting being the champion and wearing the gold, then you got to kind of work with them a little bit. Now, if they're telling him, hey, come back now, come back now, come back now, we want you to fight in six weeks, so that, that, you know, that's a whole other story. That's just some bullshit. Um, if they're saying, again, here's your turn, meet us in the middle, and let's say fight in 10 weeks. 
well then maybe all right well you, you got to suck it up and do it but i don't know he's in a unique scenario all i know is this i look at it as this from afar there's clearly motion here. There is a lot of talk, a lot of buzz for the Nugano versus Bones fight. That was the money fight. And I think a lot of people, you know, his, his people, his, his looking for his promotions are saying, hey, listen, this is ultimately the fight we want. This is the big money fight. I, without making it happen, Jess, there's so much background noise right now. It's driving me nuts. It's throwing me off of my thought. I'm not even that. Do you hear it now? What is? What I, don't, I, I don't. I don't hear anything. So you don't, I dude. It's, I think you're doing great. Okay, thank you. I hear an echo. I'm fucking bugging. It's tripping me out. Um. Anyway, I, I lost my chance. So there was there there was a money fight. The money fights Nagano Jones. I think at, at some point Nagano went, "Hey, maybe I'm okay sitting for three months, four months." And waiting for this fight to happen. Maybe I'm okay going, let's let Jones do his negotiating while my guys do my negotiating. And maybe we can raise that number up a few million dollars. It may not be the number that Bones wanted, but it's going to be a sufficient more. You know, the number is going to increase for me to where I'm going to take it regardless. It's a win-win for him. Um, that's clever change. Maybe at some point his promotion or his people went, hey, we're going to dig our heels in and see if we can you know, maximize our opportunity here. And that's when they go, okay, let's get the interim title involved here. Let's, let's, let's kind of rattle some cages here and see if we can shake some shit up. Exactly. So maybe that's what's going on. Again, I, I feel like we're missing a little bit of the info here. Three sides to every story type scenario. And we and we are like somewhere. I it just seems to me like a very harsh falling out for uh, for you know a guy who was so highly talked about that Dana White raved about that you know um, uh, other promoters across the world were like, man, this guy is he's going to be something else, and then all of a sudden he's you know being replaced, and and, and honestly, if this was you know two thousand and like. 10 or something and we had credible well i don't want to say that i want to say likable fighters uh-huh. that we want to watch you did this like, last no week. offense no offense no you did this Derek last lewis. week no offense to Derek lewis like we all love Derek lewis he's he's kind of a funny cat he's won some big fights yes uh surreal game just comes off of a pretty blah performance didn't really you know wow me as yeah. far as like, oh, hey, well, he's now in an interim championship spot. So he's being he's he's being replaced by two guys that really haven't left a, an actual mark in the on the sport. Not like he's been able to leave, and so it just doesn't make sense to to rush this. Yeah, I agree. I think this is one of the things you got to let it simmer. And if Nagano versus Lewis is going to happen, whether it happens in September or October or November, if it's going to happen, let it happen. If, if we got to wait an extra four weeks or eight weeks, that's fine. Now, again, if they have a specific itinerary, a specific scheduling here that involves their heavyweight champion, and they feel like if you're healthy, you should be fighting. Okay, I understand that argument. But uh, again, if they have an agreement here, if they're saying, hey, listen, we really don't think you should be fighting until September or October. You know, we if this if this fight is the fight that's going to happen, that's fine. Um, you know, and the, and he's looking for the sufficient time to train. 
okay, all those dominoes fall into place here. But again, it just feels like there's some stink. This could be a where there's smoke or there's fire if all of a sudden the interim um, title is just thrown out there. And and it's insulting as fuck to Naganu. Well, and yeah, if, if you want to say, okay, Naganu's a true company man. He's done all the right things. He's done all the interviews, like you said. He walks around a proud champion. He's he's not a disrespectful guy. He's not a guy that's getting in trouble with the law. He checks all those boxes. That's great. Um, but again, we're we're reaching a point now, Jess, where we're starting to see the monopoly that the UFC is, and the fact that they are different from every other sporting organization. They're not the NBA where the player dictates things. They're not the NFL where they have a union that's going to help them and say, hey, they're not going to force you to play. They're not going to force you to fight. That's just not how we operate. Um, that, this is the difference between prize fighting, the UFC, uh, you know, boxing, and every other um, sport. You know, this, yeah. this is kind of how it works. The promoters will always truly dictate everything, whether it's the purses, whether whether it's whether you're fighting for a title or not. And it is insulting as hell to Nagano. It is, it is insulting. And I think that he has every right to say publicly, hey, what the fuck? What the hell, man? You know, like and to his credit, by the way, it was not him who came out publicly and said anything yeah. about this intro this, fight. It was his management team. Yeah, it's, it's and the, they and they are it's the good trickle down effect, right? It's they the good are supposed down. to be the ones looking out for their their guys. So I actually am okay with that happening. I, I, I the only problem with speaking out against anything that Dana White's related to is the fact that he could just wake up one day in a really fucking pissy mood. You know, coming down from some DMT mm-hmm. and no, just no, fucking and just and just fucking be like, uh, yeah, I don't want this guy in the UFC anymore. Like, he, you know, he's got two <laughs> fights left. Let's fucking let's blackball him and fucking get him out. There's an interesting. <clears throat> I wish I had my computer up now. There's an interesting dynamic here, and I know Ariel Helwani reported on it now, right? And shout out to Ariel because he's really just kind of saying whatever the fuck he's wanted the last seven days, uh, tweeting out just kind of whatever he's wanted. Um, there's a thir- there's a there's a third player here now, right? So now it's not just Dana; it's this lawyer whose name escapes me, who is now kind of the middleman between Ari, between Dana, and I guess this guy is a no nonsense guy, and I guess this is the guy that is responsible for saying, "Hey, if a guy's not going to fight, then we got to move on to the next." Or uh, this guy's uh, this guy doesn't fuck around apparently. I mean, like mo- most lawyers, they don't. So I'm 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 wondering if he, if he he's in play in this dynamic. Ultimately, we saw the trickle down effect, right? The, people started tweeting shit. People started putting stuff on social media. Dana writes something. Uh, I think he says something to the effect of "This is bad management," and then the manager comes out and just hammers Dana and says, "Well, actually, here's every single fucking receipt, and you're wrong." So I don't know if Dana responded to that or not because I I didn't follow up, but I I, I think. Naganu's done all the right things and he doesn't have the egg on his face. And the UFC, as always, is going to do all the wrong things here. This doesn't matter because ultimately they control the cards. And what's Naganu going to do? Is he going to sit out for fucking six months? Is he going to sit out for nine months? Is he, did he make that much money in the Stipe fight? Is he that comfortable to where he can say, hey, you know what? I- I'm just going to do this and I'm okay with it. We've seen every fighter do that fail. So I, I don't know if he's cool sitting around for six to nine years in the potential prime of his life, 
waiting around on on the politics of the sport. Now, he has every right to, right? Because, again, if it's prize fighting, if he's trying to get paid, please, we say this every single week, fighters get your money. But I I don't know. This is, again, a, a unique scenario, and I'm interested in seeing, of course, how it ends. But, two, do they end up going through and following through with this interim title thing? Because it's kind of useless, and I think that Derek Lewis as well as Gagne realize this, right? Like, unless I'm fighting Nagano, this isn't really the heavyweight championship, right? This is, this is just kind of I'm posturing for the company. I'm doing it because I have to. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm not going to take anything away from an interim belt. Like it's still a belt, you know. Like you give it, but this isn't. You, you but this still, is. You still tell people, you know, like I, I no. Listen, I got an interim belt. I'm wearing it. Paper champion of the UFC, but I'm still a paper champion. So. Yeah. You know, you but get the, the nice, the, you get the really cool belt that weighs like thirty pounds, and you get to put it up yeah. in a trophy case somewhere. And yeah. You, you no, get to walk around champion. wearing it at, at your your pool parties. Let me not shit. discredit it. No, let me you not. Show, you just it. randomly show up in the club with a belt like wrapped around your shoulder. You know, fucking you know helps you pick up on some ladies and stuff. But yeah, you as know, a, like it as can't a guy, feel good. Yes, as and, a guy, I'm a, I'm and, a guy. I'm a guy who wore the fantasy football exactly. <laughs> I wore a fantasy football champion T-shirt. So yes, I understand how important it is to wear your belt. I'm that guy. You Trust you got me. to. But but with that said, again, I I think that the asterisk is truly there because this isn't a well the, a fighter just got injured or a fighter's in in a mix up with the promotion and I and there there's a good chance I'm gonna be the champion because this guy can't fight for a year. We're we're not stepping into those grounds yet. This feels more again like a power play from the UFC to go oh, look. <laughs> we can hold the championships over the over your head. And almost like we can dictate who's the champion, you know. Then, then you fall into a people's champion thing, right? Like the Rock. Well, I'm the people's champion. Nagano can say, "Hey, take this belt, shove it up your ass." Uh, I'll do a fucking old school Riddick bow and get on television and shove the can, shove these belts uh, in a fucking trash can in a wastebasket. <laughs> Nagano, you know, if you if you got star power like Nagano, you can get away with that. Uh, but but again, I don't, I he's, I think ultimately he's he's a company man that's just going what the fuck he's throwing it's his hands up and going come on okay you you're not gonna pay me you're not gonna give me the bones fight that's the super fight and you're trying to dictate when I got a fight after I, I'm clearly on a vacation or I'm in my home country or I'm not training it's bullshit um, Jess let's hop over here because we spent quality time on this. Um, and I'm hoping you can go clean up that editing part. Here's the thing. You were walking from the store to the car, and I think the Wi-Fi just got really weird. And then you had a, like a reverb behind you, if I'm using the proper technology. Like there was a lot of background noise, uh, and I'm stoned, so fuck me up. All right, so <laughs> let me – I am pulling up the UFC 264. We more than likely are not taping a show between now and when this uh, pay-per-view starts. Uh, there is a Carlos Condit fight. He's fighting a guy named Griffin. When I initially saw this, I thought, is it Forrest Griffin? I did too. <laughs> How sad is that? How sad is that? I was um, like, shit. I was like, damn, Forrest is making his comeback. This is the fight I want to see. Right. Forrest Griffin versus Carlos Condit. Um, O'Malley uh, making news again, making waves. Uh, the original fighter that he was going to fight is out. They found a random dude and Real he's random. in. Um, I credit to the guy for taking the fight, but he is, I believe, the biggest underdog uh, on the card. Is it worth talking the O'Malley fight? I really don't think so. Not really. 
I mean, we want to see him fight stiffer competition, right? It's not discrediting the guy because he's interesting and we want to see him. He's weird. I'm all about weird fighters. But uh, I, <laughs> this is a fight that he should win. He's a, this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of fight. If he doesn't, if he looks impressive, yeah, we thought he, he should look impressive. He, he, this is what we expected from him. If he doesn't look impressive, you give the O'Malley haters reason to pick apart shit, right? Like that's really where we're at in O'Malley's career. Um, there, there's a Aldana's fighting a, a chick whose name I can't pronounce, and I know she's good. She's fourteen and five. I don't mean to skip over this fight, but I'm gonna skip over it. Um, Tuivasa, the the heavy hitting, yeah, alcohol drinking out of the shoe, the heavyweight, Aussie. the Aussie, woo 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 versus uh, Greg Hardy. Is this the official? Okay, I think we're done with Greg Hardy. Is this the Greg Hardy feed him feed him to a real hog fight or what? What is this? What do you think? Who who you got here, Jeff? This fight is strange. First of all, I believe it's the third third fight down. Yes, and that's weird because Greg Hardy's not fought anybody that I can really. No one that sticks out in my mind. He's had a unique I, career though. Like he uh, like he's yeah. had. He's he's had one fight where I feel like it was a step up in competition and he lost and then they memed him right and then he had a step up in competition and he won but it wasn't impressive but it was still a win. Yeah, so I mean, I, a win in the UFC is still very difficult to come by, and when it comes to Greg Hardy, you have to. I hate to tell this to you, MMA Twitter, but you have to attempt to put bias in the past aside and just think about the man as a fighter. He, he's a contracted fighter with the UFC. Okay. Stop thinking about him fucking with his guns and stuff and like holding his woman hostage. I'm not trying to discredit yeah, that Jess, moment. Jess, you're walking a thin line. Be careful. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, Let's please just concentrate right now. If you're a if you're a fight fan, if you're a female listening to this show, thank you, <laughs> thank you for we love you. We Boy, would never we. keep any of you hostage. I'm just letting. We're you not know. about throwing. Listen, Jesse and I are not about throwing you on a stack of guns no, and uh, no. fucking snagging. Allegedly, this love. is all allegedly. Okay. We're all about the love. We're all about the kindness and the sharing and stuff. Yes, I understand what you're saying. That what you're saying here is. But please, just let's let's think about him as is what he's done in his career. Yeah, and he's won some fights. He's lost a fight. He's his. He's, he, but my my thing is this. His last Is fight was against Zura, by the way, which now looks like third a, a fight loss. down on a, a actual like UFC fight card. Is he is he deserving of being in that spot? I don't think so. Mm. And so this isn't to me a throw Greg Hardy into the fire. I think this is another step in Dana's plan to try to get people to just chew up and swallow Greg Hardy mm. as a UFC fighter. There's no other. There's no other way that this man deserves to be third fight down. Can I go? So I like. I what about my angle, which is uh, he's now being thrown to the wolves because I think he gets knocked out in this fight. Yeah, so, Tuivasa is. I mean, he's so, just a he's just a big brawling dude. Like he's a tough Aussie, and he's going to go out there and he's going to throw big ass haymakers. He's going to look for some takedowns. Uh, and uh, I, I it, this fight has the potential to be worthy of a third fight down type 
type fight. Yep. I mean, both these guys are going to come out strong, throwing big bombs. And it's a heavyweight really fight. Cool, both right? guys are a name, Jess. And we love it. Come on, man. You say it all the time. Everybody loves a heavyweight fight. Like, in a heavyweight fight, these guys are so damn big and so strong that any one punch is the game changer. So, like, who knows? But, uh, you know, one way or the other, for me, I'm interested in watching it and not because I'm like, oh, I want to watch Greg Hardy get his ass kicked. I just want to see the fight. I want to see where Greg Hardy's come in his training. I want to see where Bam, I want to see where, where Tuvasi's come with his, when, in his training. He is a legit up-and-coming guy. Like, he is a guy who, with some training, the right partners, mm-hmm. he can definitely get into that title spot, that, that challenger spot. Uh, let's see some consistency. So I'm really interested in this fight. Yeah, I think this is a unique one. So I see two scenarios here. Scenario one, as you mentioned here, they're trying to do something with Hardy. They've tried to market him more as, hey, look at this guy. He's hateable for these reasons, but there's also a potential redemption story here. I just don't think anybody's grasping onto the redemption story. People just want to continue to label him a piece of shit. Even though this is America and we're supposed to give people a second chance, right? Oh, excuse me. Even though we're supposed (laughs) to give people a second chance, this is America. Again, I'm just saying. So, but here again is where it gets interesting, right? Because I feel like this is a... Is Hardy going to try and stand and strike with Tuivasa, which is a bad idea in my opinion? Or is he going to try and use the, I'm a better athlete and I'm going to try and take him down, even though I'm not a great wrestler. I'm just a better athlete and therefore I can take him down. I can make it messy. I can get him tired and maybe win a two or three round decision. Maybe get some ground and pound. Maybe, maybe get a stoppage here just by wearing him out, breaking him, if you will. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to break Tuivasa in three rounds, but we'll see. I, if we're doing the who you got, Jess, I'm leaning towards Tuivasa at knockout here. Because I, I, I'm going to circle right back around to my original point where I was at, which is I think this is a, it's time to kind of start leaning towards Hardy's not the star they were hoping they could build him into. And they've got other guys now at heavyweight that are marketable, Ghana being one of them. So now let's put Hardy in these fights that are basically firefights. And if he wins, great. Let's get him into another firefight. And if he doesn't win, well, now he's a cuttable guy. Now it's okay for us to cut our losses and, you know, we'll see him in Bellator. Uh, I'm going to Vasa knockout round one. Yeah, I'm going to Vasa knockout round one also. I, I just think that he's he's too big and too strong and too durable. Uh, I, I I don't think that... Hardy, Hardy shoots for takedowns, doesn't get him? If who, if Hardy takes, I, I yeah. don't know if Hardy knows how to take. I don't know if oh, he knows wow. what single leg is. Wow. Look, he, let, let me say this too real quick. You brought up a really good point. Like uh, the Greg Hardy being the, the superior athlete and wearing Tuvasa down. I understand all that. But Jay, you and I have both seen in this sport enough times where a true athlete has fought in a true fighter and it's not worked out for the true athlete. But then well. It just doesn't end well. So that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, the whole redemption story, all of that stuff is great, but I can I can see a scenario where Hardy loses this fight. Maybe he has one more fight left, and then and then you know it's probably it for him. So. And then he gone. <laughs> he gone. All right, he'll be in the Bellator nine percent. Um, Fighting Herschel Walker. Dude, I love that fight. <laughs> hey, Triller. Hey, Triller. Yes. It's a- 
Triller, you fell off the map for a minute. We haven't talked about you in a few months. Your poll position has dropped dramatically. It, you got to shake shit up. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Make some waves. Here's how you do it. You, Herschel Walker's, at, what, 55, 56? Probably. You get him in there with Greg Hardy. <clears throat> hey, there's another um, Blueface, the rapper. You probably have no idea who Blueface is. The rapper, he's a, he's a big L.A. rapper. He's fighting in uh, Bare Knuckle at, next week with uh, Paige Van Is it Paige Van Zandt? Oh, yeah. Paige that, Rachel Osovich. I'm all the way in, Jess. I am all the way in. I right, listen. You know me. I'm, <laughs> take my money, please. Shut up and take my money. All right. Uh, Gilbert Burns versus Wonderboy Thompson. This is a good fight. This is a great. Um, this is a big MMA nerd fight to me. Um, Burns coming off of a loss to Usman, which to me is okay when you lose to Usman. Prior to that, on an incredible win streak. Yeah. Um, I wonder boy Thompson. I feel like a lot of people are bailing on wonder boy Thompson and the people that are still there are, are the day ones. Um, this is a tough fight, Jess. And this might be a styles make a stylistic styles, make fights type fight. Um, who you got? Um, I, I like this fight a lot, by the way. I love this. Fight. I, I, it is, it is completely 100% a styles make fight type scenario. Like this is, this, this is the kind of fight that you want to see happen. Uh, you got the karate, uh, uh, the karate style uh, versus the the more brawling, uh, throwing big, big punch style. Um, Wonder Boy, I think, has become very complacent in his last few fights. I want to say last three to three to four fights <laughs> has not looked very dynamic. Has not really pushed the pace in his fights. And I think that that's what we're going to see in this. I think that he knows that he's better than what he's shown. He's lost some close fights that he probably should have won. He's had a couple bad knockouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take wonder boy in this fight. I think he's too long. He's too lanky. He's going to use those kicks. He's going to use the push offs. He's going to keep burns outside completely. 100%. And not let that little terror with fire in his hands come anywhere close to him, and so uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of aggressive um, defense from Wonder Boy Thompson. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to say nothing about no knockout, no sub, no finish. It will be a decision, but Thompson, uh, Wonder Boy Thompson, is going to win this fight. I absolutely love this fight. I think we've said that five times each, but damn, I love this fight. Um, <laughs> it's a great fight. So this is Bull Matador to me. This is Bull Matador with Burns playing the Bull and uh, Wonder Boy playing the Matador. Uh, as you mentioned here, um, Wonder Boy wants to create space. He wants to use his wonderful footwork. He wants to use jab, straight left hand. He wants to use karate kid kicks to keep you away. He peppers you and hopes you walk into a punch. It's, you know, very Machida-like. Very much. Um, I, I, Burns is going to play the bull. Burns is going to do Vanellie Silva. I want to knuckle up and get up in your chest. He does an incredible job of making it a phone booth fight. Wonder Boy's fight IQ is incredibly high. So you wonder if he's going to be able to stay away for the, I believe this is a 15 minute fight. I wish it was 25 because I would love to see if he can stay away for 25 minutes, if he can continue to, to create, to keep the space and create the space and circle, circle, circle. This to me feels like 
um, uh, it feels almost like the blueprint of the Till Wonder Boy fight, where you're just getting Till just chasing, chasing, chasing. And although he's chasing, he's doing enough, he's scoring enough to steal the fight or, or you know, get a, a, a 29-28, if you will. Um, I, I re, you know, I, God, this is a pick and I might change my, I might change my pick 10 times. And again, it's, 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 we're a week away from the fight, Jess, a week away right now. I'm going Burns. I think Burns does just enough to steal two of the three rounds, but I can see pick rounds. I can see one of these scenarios where at the end of the fight, you see 10 different scores from 10 different people on MMA Twitter. <laughs> Um, respect you know, people whose scores we respect, not just some random asshole with less than 100 followers. Shout out to people with 100 followers, less than 100 followers. If you have less, less than 100 followers, hit up the show, we will follow you back at Team Toss 21 on Twitter. Um, just did I get a winner from you? Did you go Wonder Boy? Yeah, Wonder Boy. All right, well, we're split on that one. I'm going, I will say this you know what? You one thing that Wonder Boy should add to his arsenal that would make him very dangerous is everybody wants to compare him to Machida because of the karate style. Well, I get that part. But Machida had a, a, a slick, almost like uh, ankle lock takedown. Like a, he was uh, literally, he had that little takedown. Uh, and uh, that's something Tom, Wonderboy doesn't take people down very often. He likes to circle. And that, my friend, makes it look like he's not doing enough in a fight. And uh, if he sometimes it add, looks like he's not willing to engage. Exactly. So if if he could just add something as simple as that little takedown, like Machida had used so well throughout uh, his his entire career and his prime, uh, it would at least give him that advantage on on visual. You know that looks like oh hey look you know Thompson's going for a takedown he got a takedown you know it would help him out a ton in his fights. I think the funny thing about it is. Us, the blood-loving, you know, we we come to see pain. We come to see broken bones and broken noses and people spitting out teeth and handing them to their cornermen. That's what we want. We want. We just want to be absolute fucking cavemen. We want to be Romans in the in the circle watching gladiators. But we forget that it truly is karate in combat sports truly is hit, but don't be hit, right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. It's, we've heard it for several years. It's one of the, you know, one of the most common things you hear when it comes to combat sports. You see it painted in gyms all over the place, plastered in gyms. But yet, and that is truly Wonder Boy style, right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Do not get hit, but hit. Um, and he's criticized for it, and it's unfortunate because he's just, he's he's such a great fighter, and he's great on television, and he's just and he just seems like a cool guy. I want to fucking I want to watch a fight with him for fuck's sakes. Um, are we ready for Poirier uh, McGregor? Is it yeah. time for the big one? Let's hit it, man. This is Jess, the one I'm waiting for. Jess, uh, you might take some you might take some uh, beating here on MMA Twitter again, but who you got? Uh, this one is interesting to me. Let's lay it out. It's the trilogy. It's the third fight. First fight, Connor won. Uh, I don't want to say relatively easily, but relatively easily. Um, just well, you know, landed that first combo, that first exchange, and, and that was it. It was um, convincing. <laughs> second fight, um, Poirier, just an absolute display. Uh, just a, a great performance and a great display, and really just beat McGregor up. Uh, who you got? 
Um, so I'm going to lay it out like this. Uh, this is a tale of two careers coming together, <laughs> uh, on, on, uh, separate paths. However, Connor, uh, has been fighting for years and years and years. It, it's, it's very well documented that he was very young when he started his career fighting over, uh, uh you know, in uh, different European cities and stuff. Uh, he, he fought for, um, I can't remember cage warriors. I believe it was, mm-hmm. uh, he then eventually made his way to the States and, uh, and, uh, followed the money trail to the UFC and, uh, he blasted out of the gates. Uh, I think everybody probably remembers the first Marcus Brimage fight where he just lit Brimage up and, uh, you know, the cyborg just got his ass beat. And then uh, there's multiple other fights. Jose Aldo, we all remember that flash knockout and just, you know, him becoming a double-double champ. Uh, so I want to say that his career trajectory has already hit that top peak. And now, like, I hate to say it, but money and time changes you. Mm-hmm. If you're a fighter, you are not competing day in day out weekend in weekend out like if you're an nfl player or an nba player or an mlb player or so on and so forth these guys train every fucking day if you're a if you're an mma fighter there's gonna be days where you're like fuck man i just came off this fight like i'm gonna take two weeks off i'm not gonna do shit i'm gonna sit around i'm gonna eat a bunch of burgers and fries Mm. i'm gonna get fat and happy and it's gonna be great in Connor's perspective, it's more like, well, I'm going to go sit back and roll around in all my millions and millions and millions of dollars because I fought Floyd Mayweather and uh, I uh, became the highest winning purse in UFC history. Uh, you know, I've got this hot wife that I'm going to bang all these other bitches. And snort he's made it to the top. Titty. So he's got time and he's got money and that changes a guy. And you've seen his trajectory in this, in the, in the rate of this, uh, excuse me, octagon. I want to say ring. I almost said squared circle. I really like the squared circle. Anyway, in the octagon, we've seen his trajectory just kind of plummet. And it's not to say that the skill set's not there, but the mindset's not there. The killer mindset is not there. He doesn't have anything to, to motivate him to win these fights. He can come out and say everything that he says, all the right things. Oh, I want this so bad. I want to be a champ again. I want to prove everybody my worth. But I think, honestly, he's already done what he set out to do. And when a person accomplishes a goal, there's really no reason to hang around that goal no more. You got to move on. And I think that he's moved on. But his moving on has been more towards the financial side of things. He's got a lot of businesses he's running now. Uh, he just sold uh, He just sold his whiskey brand for fucking truckloads of cash. And he managed to stay on the board. So he's still making money off that shit every day. Unreal. He is a very smart man, and he's taken his career where it needs to be, and now there's nowhere else for him to go. I'm sorry about the loud background noise. No, you're good. Um, so I'm mowing along. Dustin Poirier on the other side, he kind of came up, and I'll be honest, man. I thought he was going to be a Donald Cerrone. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to be a gatekeeper. Wow. He had talent. He had the look. He had the charm and charisma, but he just couldn't string together the fights and the wins. Uh, he'd be he'd look really impressive one one fight. He looked uh, unimpressive the next. And uh, I thought that man, I really feel bad for this kid because he seems super humble, super nice guy, but he just can't put it together. Somewhere in between those two guys' career past, Dustin Poirier started to put it together, and Conor McGregor started making a shit ton of cash. 
And now we've seen where, where that's gotten both guys. Poye is still hungry. He still has a lot to prove. He's very motivated. And that is why going into this fight, simply put, I'm taking Dustin Poye in this fight. He's going to win the trilogy 2-1. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be closer than the second fight. I'm I think that Connor is a bit more motivated. He doesn't like. I mean, Connor's lost like three fights in a row here, folks. So, I mean, he should be motivated to try to come and win this fight. And Poye though, just as motivated because he's talking like, "Hey, Dana, if I'm gonna take this fight at lightweight, then I want a, a shot at the title too." So now he's looking at being a being a double double champ. <laughs> So many storylines, uh, but yeah. I just gotta. I, I just look at it like this: <laughs> Who wants it more? And I think that Dustin does. He's I think, talented. He's got everything going for him. He's gonna win this fight. I think both of these dudes are at incredible career. Like I guess the the paths that they're at, right? Like where their paths initially crossed. Connor was not the rocket superstar that he, you know, that, you know, not, he wasn't the superstar the, you know, he wasn't the, the guy um, that he ended up becoming. He was just kind of becoming the guy, right? Like we knew the potential was there, but he wasn't the guy yet. Right. I mean, yeah. that fucking fight was seven years ago, that first fight, but that was one of the first fights where we all went, Oh man, this guy, Connor, you know, fuck baby. Connor is a real deal. Fucking, Knocked out, uh, he knocked out Borea in a minute and a half, like that. You know, that's that. That to me was one of those fights that really was putting Connor on the map. Where we went, okay, this guy's like this guy's got fucking hands. Um, I, you know, there's a few different ways to go here, but I want to start here because I really want to start with Poirier because I feel like we're gonna talk. We could talk about McGregor for a half an hour, right? And, and what show is it? Um, I think the Poirier projection is incredible because. While Connor was doing all these things the last three years, right? I really want to focus on those three years where he was fighting, uh, was fighting Mayweather, or he wasn't fighting at all because he made all the money. He was kind of, you know, that where the Khabib fight was there, and then of course uh, the most recent fight. So Poirier fought and won against Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje. Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway. Now there's the Khabib loss, which I mean, everybody again, lost to him. So yes, everybody. That's it. That's the only way. That's really the only way you can put it, right? And then a Hooker win and a McGregor win. I mean, Poirier's portfolio is re-fucking ridiculous. Um, and I and I know going back all the way to some of these WEC fights. There was a moment where we look back to whatever it was, eight, God, 10 years now, and you go, man, there was that branch of guys in there, right? Connor was in there. You mentioned Marcus Brimage, who I absolutely fucking loved. Pettis was in there. Henderson was in there. Aldo was in there. Cerrone. Was, there were all these guys, and, and, and Diamond was in there. Poirier was one of those guys where you went, well, you know, you never know, right? We, you never know. Maybe he ends up being the guy, and, and – it's again weird how fighter trajectories and the career paths end up. And, and here we are in 2021 and he's at the top of the mountain. And I think that he really deserves the credit here, but we're always going to talk about Connor because Connor is the elite 
he's the, the biggest star in, in mixed martial arts. The needle he's, mover. He's the needle mover, which, you know, we went 45 minutes without saying it, so we were due. <laughs> he is he's truly the guy, you know. It's the to be the man, you got to beat the man. Let's get our wrestling reference in there. And and he's the brand. He's the yep. fucking brand. Like, when it comes to the UFC, he is the brand. He has been the UFC for the past five years. And as hard as they've tried to continue to make stars outside of Nagano, they really fucking haven't. Now, when you talk about the Connor thing, and I think back to the old Marvin Hagler line, right? It's tough to get out of bed when you're wearing silk pajamas. It's tough to get, it's tough to, get to the gym and train when you were sitting on a stack of money. What is Connor's motivation to fight, right? Because it can't be money anymore. It really can't. He's got all the money. He's got all of it. Like the one, it, you know, again, Jess, we, we spent several weeks. We started the show going, is Nagano just trying to get paid? I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that, right? We were about these guys getting their money. We love these guys getting their money. They're Connor's got all the fucking money. Like he's he's got generational wealth now. He never has to fight again. And as you mentioned, he's selling his alcohol for tens of millions of dollars, he's cashing tens of millions of dollars on a check and still on the way out going, yeah, but you're still going to put my picture or my name on this bottle and I need a piece of that too. <laughs> like that's 50 cents selling fucking, uh, what was it? A smart water and Vi- bottle. And, yeah, like, like it's literally like, it's, it's uh, dude, that, like that's just marketing brilliance. All right. That's above and beyond fighter iq that's just marketing brilliance it's just a whole nother level that a lot of fighters just can't fucking comprehend and don't have the team to do it either um i love the thought process of the opposite of what you're saying which is well what is connor's motivation maybe it's to be the best in the world because why else are you still fighting it's not for one last paycheck, right? It's not this isn't a money grab. This is a man he's trying to get one last fight and one last paycheck on the way out. Yeah, no, it's not a money grab. In my opinion, it's to show that he's truly one of the best in the world still. In my opinion, it's because he truly believes I can beat Dustin. And I also think that this is what still gets his dick hard. I think this is what gets his juices flowing. And this is what gets him in the gym is that, you know what, man, I can beat this fucking guy and I'm not going to fucking lose to this guy again. And this is what I'm going to do. And maybe the whole, you know, from a year ago, the McGregor plan, the McGregor blueprint, maybe that shit's thrown out the window and maybe it's changed. Right. And things happen when you lose. But I think we're in a unique scenario here with Connor where it's clearly not money, money motivated. So what is the motivation? And to me at at this point now, it's, it's about the trophies. It's about being the elite. It's about being attached to, yeah, Connor just wasn't a guy who made money. Connor wasn't just a draw. He actually was one of the best. Was he as great as Khabib? Eh, of course not. You know, but can can we put them in there in that true hall of fame when it comes to the elite? Well, this fight might determine that when people make that argument. That's true. So with that, with that said, I, when it comes to just who you got, Jess, did you give me who you got? You want Dustin, right? I'm going Dustin. Give me a round. Give me a round. Uh, I, I honestly think it's going to be a war, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a five round decision. Oh, Okay. Right. I, so, I, I, tru- I truly believe that if if Connor's motivation 
is as you believe it should be, and that's to be the best and go and be like, hey, I'm not going to lose this guy one more uh, ever again. I'm going to beat him this time. I'm going to show the world once and for all that I am the I'm the guy. I think that there's enough motivation to come in and, and definitely make it a barn burner fight. But Dustin, to me, is just on a different level right now. And that hunger is different. That hunger right now, it's not just to be the best. It's to dominate. And, I mean, if you look Pat, if you look at his career, man, the, his, since 2018, his only loss was to Khabib. Other than that, he's got, like, knockouts over, you know, all those guys. Everybody. All the names. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. And even it's go back to like 2015, like, he, he's lost a couple fights here and there. But, like, this guy wants to just win. He's a winner. And uh, I, I just – I think that that's – push enough to beat the to beat Connor one more time. I think the three again, the three years really is where it falls and the wear and tear on Connor's body. And again, we gotta say it from the party and from the yeah. mass massive amounts of cocaine and the and you know and and you listen what as, as I clear my throat is because I've smoked ma- massive amounts of pot. It's the smoke <laughs> guy's a smoker that doesn't help your lungs. You know what I mean? He drinks a shitload of alcohol. It doesn't help. There's a lot of video out there of him just being plastered, doing wild shit. And I get it. That's what fighters do. But I don't see Dustin doing that. I see yeah. video of Dustin pumping his hot sauce. I see videos of Dustin doing cool shit with his wife. But I mean, they're just two different cats. And maybe Dustin truly is more focused on being a fighter and he has to because that's ultimately what generates the revenue right not at the not at the level of connor but these last two fights are going to make him enough money where he probably shouldn't have to fight again maybe he still does but that's a whole other story <clears throat> i lean dustin the chaos in combat sports lover in me really wants to see connor win and i the the just i'm a connor fan i really am i'm going to be rooting for connor that night i'd be lying if i said i'm not but uh, I think Dustin just it's it's again styles to make fights. Dustin's gonna kick his knees out. Dustin's gonna kick at his fucking chicken legs. Dustin's gonna make his, his base more difficult for him to 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 do the Connor things, to move, to to get this lateral movement out, um, to be fluid, right? Because Connor's a big fluidity guy, and you can't be fluid when your legs are dead. So I I I lean Dustin. I'm gonna say knockout. Uh, I think he knocks out Connor somewhere in the third or fourth round because Connor takes chances. Connor yeah, takes that's chances. the other thing. And and even Poye mentioned um, in an uh, ESPN interview that he enjoys the fights with Connor because Connor's willing to put himself into danger to land mm-hmm. shots. Yeah, he'll engage, and, and that's what D- Dustin loves to engage. And, this and, is and, not and, a, this is day, not a counterpuncher versus counterpuncher fight. No, this is this is not. This this isn't like a Chuck Liddell thing where you know you're waiting for a guy to throw a punch, so you can throw a punch. Like both these guys are going in there, they're gonna throw, they're gonna throw uh, uh, pops at each other. It's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be an entertaining fight. If for the third and and last fight in this trilogy series between these two, uh, I honestly can't remember the last trilogy that I actually super was looking forward to having a third fight. This fight, I really am. So uh, again, I'm gonna say it one more time: needle mover. Yes, because it's Connor, but also because if you're just not engaged in this fight in this series that these these two men have had with each other, not a fan of the sport. 
you're just not a fan of the sport. You can't. Bottom line, you can be a fan of Connor, but you're not a fan of the sport. Exactly, hundred percent. That's if you want to watch this fight and get mad because Connor loses. I understand you're a Connor fan. There's nothing wrong with that. Same way, there's nothing wrong with Jake being a Jake Paul fan too, or a Logan Paul fan. So you're gonna pay for his for his pay per views. That's what prize fighting ultimately is about, right? I think we've nailed the majority of our combat sports. We've spent an hour on it, Jess. We did a long combat Ooh. sports hour. And that's with me forcing you to edit out the three minutes of me just rambling on while you were walking to your car. Um, <laughs> quick NBA hit, like maybe 15 minutes tops. Um, the the uh, Phoenix Suns have advanced to the finals, the NBA finals with that past CP3. Um, fun, there's some fun stories on here, right? I think the Booker story is really interesting here. We're going to spend the next seven days, and by we, I mean the NBA media, NBA Twitter, they are going to be sucking CP3's dick. We are going to be getting all the stories here about all the great things that CP3 does that nobody hears about. Now he's such a competitor. And forget about the fact that he's been traded from four teams and forget about the fact that he might be a dirty player on defense and forget <laughs> about the fact that a lot of people just don't like fucking playing with him, right? I mean, forget about all that shit, right? He's in the finals, so great. Um, any thoughts on uh, on on the, the finals, on the on the Western finals there, uh, the Clips? I mean, I had the Clippers winning the finals. I had the Clippers going to the championship and winning. My team is officially eliminated. Your team, the Lakers, was eliminated. Both of our teams are officially eliminated. Uh, give me some thoughts on that. On that. On that series. I just want to say, like, I again, like, maybe it's just the whole chaos theory that we enjoy so much um, with some of these injuries that have happened. Uh, I. Uh, it's just been great to see like young guys step up and play hard and come put up points and rebound and defense, uh, you know, defend well and just, you know, really, you know, put a mark on this year's NBA playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are coming off of uh, last year. They were uh, a bubble team. They went undefeated in the bubble, uh, as everybody knows, but uh, nothing, nothing came to fruition for, uh, because of that. And that was a shame. I think that uh, they definitely weren't going to win a championship last year, but it would have been nice to see them get into that. that yeah, shake it round. up. Um, th- uh, but we're talking like maybe three years, four years removed from having uh, one of the worst seasons in NBA history. And um, and people really doubting the star power and the leadership of Devin Booker. Uh, people were doubting uh, uh, early into uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton's career. Rightfully. Uh, so. Talking about, you know, this guy's just a big giant child. He says he He's, talks about video the weed stuff. The weed stuff didn't help. Um, the weed stuff, of course, doesn't help. But but these guys, this team, uh, 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 Coach Monty over there has done a great job. The, the coaching staff in general, like from top to bottom, uh, obviously, if you want to talk about putting together a championship caliber team, you also have to talk about management. And, and the general manager over there has been doing a great job. Devin Booker has come into his own. He has shown everybody, at least he's shown me, that he is elite in the NBA. He is an elite player. Uh, you know, he's elite he, scorer. He he's an elite scorer. He can he can he's gotten better at defending. Uh, he's gotten better at playmaking and his decision making skills, and that's all come together. And then the one thing, and here I am going to go blow this guy, but the one key component to this year's team is fucking CP three. You can like this guy, you can hate this guy, you can 
I don't, you can, you know, I mean, look, I personally am not a big fan. I think CB3 is kind of dirty. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of video out there showing that he's kind of dirty. But this guy has come onto a team of a bunch of children and basically said, hey, look, assholes, I want to do something before the end of my career. And they came along and they said, hey, Grandpa, Grandpa Chris, let's fucking do this thing. And they have. Chris Paul has been, he is the guy. He's the reason. This team isn't where they're at without Chris Paul. We've seen it in the playoffs already. He's had multiple games where he scored like 30 points in the fourth quarter alone. This guy's a clutch guy. He's not Magic fucking Johnson, okay? He's not Isaiah Thomas. It's not he's fucking really good, and he's he's a leader when he has to be, and he's he's been able to flip that switch and become a leader on this team, and he's really driven these young guys to play better and become better players. Um, it, it's been a, an incredible series to watch. Paul George, when Kawhi went down, we all I said I I tweeted out as soon as he went down, I was like, yeah, the series is over. Uh, Paul George went on to have a brilliant like final three games of that series. Just played his fucking ass off. Like I, I was like, damn, this is not the Paul George that uh, I'm used to seeing in the playoffs. This is not playoffs. Seeing him, you know, put up some choke numbers, and he did not. Man, he did everything in his power to try to get the Clips into the finals. Uh, came up short, and uh, we'll see what happens to that team next year. I think it's gonna kind of get blown up, but we'll see. Yeah, but nice. for the time being, I love having the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals, and the fact that on the East side we've got either the Bucks, where now they're saying Giannis might come back. His knees okay. You, you got Chris Middleton playing his Not fucking ass out. off. Brolo put up like thirty three and seventeen the other night. What the hell Fresno is happening stand here, up. man? And then on the other Brolo, side, Fresno stand for- up. We're looking forward to the return of Trey Young and then that Hawks team with guys like Clint Capella and John Collins and uh, the, the little white kid Herder. Like, this is such a fantastic series to watch. And we've seen so many guys who were like, I don't know who this fucking Herder kid is. But now you do because he's out there just dropping threes on That's people. That's what the NBA is about. That's what the finals are about. So, That's what the playoffs are about. This is just a great moment. Like, if you're an NBA fan, which, Jay, I know that you are. You're a very big NBA fan. And um, I think that if you are a true NBA fan, this has been a great time for you. And I truly hope that the 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 less uh, NBA fans, the guys like me, kind of just sit around and watch sports. For me, it's been incredible. So that's how I know the NBA fans are having a truly fantastic time. I think that every year during the playoffs, I try and get on this podcast and stand on my soapbox and go, you guys are missing good basketball. You guys really are missing good basketball. But this is this year in particular, like you guys are missing good basketball. Um, This has been one of the better playoffs. And I understand the injury thing. And I understand people want to put asterisk on the finals due to these things. But I, I, I look at it like this. So it's a battle of attrition, right? The playoffs are always a battle of attrition. You have a long season, then you have long playoffs. It's just, it's always how it's been. We just happen to have more guys falling out, more superstars or all-stars falling out, more more important pieces to teams. So Kawhi being one of them, again, Clippers lose Kawhi. It's a big deal. Um, they still play their asses off. Credit to Ty Lue, credit to, to Paul George. The thing that's going to kill Paul George is even though he had those masterful last three games and in two of them they lost, 
everyone's going to point at that game one or game two where he misses free throws at the end of the game. Yeah. They hit that alley-oop. That alley-oop ends up being one of the most sensational playoff <laughs> moments this year, if not of just sports moments of the year. Um, so that's always going to come back and bite him in the ass. Sucks because, again, there are a lot of people are going – they're not going to point to the three games where he balled his ass off even in a loss. They're going to point to that one game and goes, man, but if he makes one of those free throws, that changes everything. Um, <clears throat> I love the – what you said here with Phoenix's dynamic, right? They got a lot of younger dudes with with CP3 clearly being the elder, you know, the elder statesman, if you will. It's worked very well for them. Um, Booker respects CP3's drive. He's picked at that CP3 drive. Maybe that was the difference here in, in turning him from, uh, you know, an all-star to a superstar because that's clearly where Booker is is trending now. This finals can dictate that. Um, if he ends up pulling a, an MVP out of his ass, and now he's the NBA Finals MVP, well, now all of a sudden he's better than Westbrook. Well, now all of a sudden he's better than Bradley Beal. Well, now all of a sudden he's better than all these guys uh, because he's got a fucking NBA Finals championship. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a big. I mean, that's it. It's all that about is you. That is that is again to be the man. You got to beat the man. You have won the biggest achievement on the biggest stage under the brightest lights and that's it that's it that's the definitive answer um so i'm i'm really interested in seeing how that shakes out um in the east as you mentioned here jazz it, it, the the giannis thing's huge right i mean it, this could be a scenario where they say hey we try and run giannis out here for a game seven who knows um i don't know we saw what they did with with kd when the warriors did that last year or the year prior so now i wonder if teams or or if players themselves are going to be a little bit more hesitant to do that but this ultimately is going to fall back on is atlanta going to be able to get hot from behind the line is trey going to be able to play and play that 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 incredible pick and roll if he doesn't play can lemon pepper lou get hot like he did last game um and, and and win one more game or is this going to be a thing where the Bucs are just better? They just have a better front five, even with Giannis out. I mean, as you mentioned, Middleton's balling his ass off. Covington's had some great games. He's hit some big shots. And, uh, and you know, Lopez, you know, got to respect Fresno State. Got to respect Fresno, Fresno State. But Fresno, Fresno stand up. Um, you know, Central Unified District stand up. He did his thing. So I I don't know how this shakes out. And next week, I know we can talk actual NBA finals. There's no yes. reason for us to talk finals yet because there could still be two to three more games. But I am very satisfied as an NBA fan. And again, I'm fully encouraging guys, even with injuries, to watch these games. And one more thing before we end the show, Jess. Uh, guys, stop trying to put an asterisk on things, all right? We're not putting an asterisk on this season's championship. We're not putting an asterisk on last year's championship. It, well, they didn't play this guy. Well, this guy's hurt. Well, there's this. No, we're not doing that. It's a battle of attrition, and at the end of the battle of attrition, you hand out the championship. You don't hand out a fucking asterisk, so stop doing that. And honestly, I think if you're doing that, it's because your team didn't make it to the finals. That's, well, that's just my opinion. I just think I, my team Jelly. didn't make it to the finals. Yes, LeBron didn't make it to the final, so now it's got an asterisk. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, there's no Giannis, so there's got to be an asterisk. Oh, well, the NWO Nets didn't make an asterisk. No, fuck all that. No, you made it to the finals. It's a battle of attrition. Raise that fucking title and do your thing. Damn straight. I just want to hit one more thing before we go. Uh, it's just kind of a hot topic, and I know that you are a bona fide professional 
uh, marijuana smoker. So, sir, please, uh, quick thoughts on on uh, different uh, leagues, uh, different, uh, you know, whatever it may be, the Olympics. That obviously, that's been the hot topic right now. Yeah, the Olympic that, thing. Please tell me, how can we end weed testing in sports? This is it is simple. important to end? Uh, well, so this is this is not a systematic thing. This is a global thing, right? Because this yes. is a VADA thing. This is a VADA thing. So this is not a systematic thing, right? Where you go, okay, well, they, this is just an American thing. No, this is a, this is a, an across the globe thing. I look at the Heisman, right? So yesterday, the Heisman thing happens, and Reggie Bush lobbies for his Heisman, and this board of Heisman, uh, you know what are they this board or whatever the fuck they are they get together and they go yeah you know what let's give him his heisman back he got wronged you know he, he didn't do anything performance enhancing he took a little bit of fucking money he sold a few jerseys but nothing he did aided him on the field he did nothing to get enough a, a leg up and so therefore here's your heisman back enjoy it did the right thing why can't they do the exact same thing here? Why, this is a part of the problem or part of the solution. Marijuana being illegal, uh, you know, is part of the problem. So how do you fix it? Or, yeah, so how do you fix it? You, you make it part of the solution. And you go, okay, well, it's no longer illegal. If you want to do a picogram type thing, right, where you go, hey, she had so much marijuana in her system. I don't know how she was running around the track. She's not a fatty. She was dabbing. She dabbed some shatter before she got on the track. I don't even know how she ran forward, let alone fucking, uh, let alone with good speed. How does she run in a straight line? Okay, if you want to penalize someone for that, if the argument is, hey, you know what? Runners get really, really nervous before a race and smoking marijuana is going to calm them down. Okay, if you want to go there, all right, that's fine. We can pick at that. But if this is a scenario where much like all of America, right? If this girl goes and eats an edible on a Saturday and ra and races four weeks later, who gives a flying fuck? You know what I'm saying? Really? Like, really, what are we doing here? This is, the, and we live in a, in, a, in a world where I believe she's at an age where she could walk into a bar, have two, three drinks, get inebriated drunk, and then go race the next day. And that's not an issue whatsoever, right? That's that's not a problem. She can she can drink enough to impair herself to where she can't drive a vehicle and get arrested and go to jail for that and run the next day, and that's not an issue. But she can't fucking take a few puffs from a joint uh, and then five days later, or, or what, not, not even five days later, a month later, run at the Olympics. I mean, it's just, these are draconian rules that need to be abolished. It's that simple. It's a simple fix. Get these fuckers on the phone and fix it. That's all you got to do, in my opinion. That's it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I knew somehow, some way, you were going to be a proponent for this. Yeah, and, believe it or not. Uh, I'm just going to say I am too. Uh, wow. I personally, when I've smoked weed in the past, and uh -oh. I mean the far past, walked the line, walked the thin line, Jess. Couldn't even think about fucking running a marathon, <laughs> let alone getting up off the fucking couch. So if 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 there's athletes going around competing at high fucking levels, and all this is basically doing is just giving them that 
you know, that ease of mind going into a very stressful situation, I say fucking do it. Give Nick Diaz his win back over Gomi, please. Yes. I mean, let's 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 stop. Let's stop demonizing. I love that idea. Let's stop demonizing people for using marijuana when in on a state level. I believe that almost every state in the United States now on a state level, it's it's legal. The only reason that we're even talking about this is because the feds haven't figured out a proper way to make money off it. That's it. So That's let's, it. let's stop that demonizing these athletes for smoking weed, guys. Uh, it's it. not performance enhancing at all. It's not letting them. It's not giving them superhuman fucking strength or speed. It's just basically giving them, you know, maybe like like I said, it's just calming them well, down. It's, it's, yeah, it's getting it's, them out of it's, their head it's, before it's, they go and compete. Who, but just who gives a fuck why they smoke weed if it's True. illegal and it's the right? Don't justify it by going, oh, well, they have a backache or her legs hurt because she's been running all day, her feet hurt, so she wants to fuck. Or, hey, you know what? Her fucking mom died. So she's going through some things. She says, you know what? I'm going through some things. I need something that's going to help me stop crying. I'm going to smoke a little bit of fucking weed. No, she's a fucking adult. She's over 18 years old. It's legal where she fucking did it. Let's stop the bullshit the same way she can walk into a liquor store and buy a bottle of tequila and down that bitch. No, it's 2021. The rules have changed. Y'all got to get up to speed. Usada, fucking Wada, stop playing and get up to speed. It's that simple. That's it. And speaking of which, uh, you can't smoke any weed and go uh, run a straight line. I'm about to smoke all the weed and then go sit in a sauna and then do 100 push-ups. How about that? That's my guy right there. That's, what we That's do. my guy. Rose, and I'm going to hit some rows. I'm going to hit some curls. I'm going to hit some back. It's a full-body workout. That's how I roll. Everyone's back in my day, man. It's the best day of the fucking week. I cannot folks, wait. <laughs> folks, before Jay leaves, I just want to say thanks for uh, checking out the show. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We went long this morning. And, yes, I will edit some of it out, but it will still be a great show. Um, I, I just need you to back. edit out the one moment where you're walking out of the store yeah, and I'm just yeah. lost. I'm we'll, like, I feel we'll like I'm lost in traffic. That. It'll get cleaned up. You'll listen to it. Hopefully you'll be amazed. Hopefully I sound good. Shout uh, out the boys. Great. Like usual. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank our boy Jimmy Evans out there for listening and always tweeting out the show. I want to thank all the regulars. Uh, MMA on the reg. Uh, Justin Doom, Shay Rollins, the great Chris White. Uh, all Shout out my boy Brian at B Black B Black five five nine. Shout out! Oh, MMA Kings, he's verified now. MMA Kings is verified, and yes, he's been on the show multiple times, even before he became verified. We love that guy. He hell, he just fucking interviewed Fedor Emelianenko of all things. Jesus, uh, I'm super fucking jelly right now. Um, so yeah, all you guys out there, thank you very much. If we follow somebody then please feel free to follow them also because they're worth If we retweet them, you should just be following them because you're missing, you're missing inside show jokes. And uh, that's, that goes for both our, our personal and the show uh, Twitter, Twitter feeds. Uh, Follow the show at team toss 21. Follow Jay at Valdez spelled backwards. Five, five, nine. Follow me at JTT 81. And then again, if you see us retweet anything at any point in time, go and follow those folks because they're fucking bomb and they deserve to be followed. So, folks, again, thank you very much for this this morning. Jay, thank you for coming on this morning. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. There's a lot more sports out there to get down. Yes, we'll be back sooner than later. Love you, pal. Peace out, y'all.